0: Peace be upon you. So every righteous individual would strive to better understand their religion. You know, the fact that they spend so much of their time, their resources, their life revolving around the religion, they would want to be religiously informed. And this is so important that even at the time of the prophet, God allocated some individuals to stay behind to study the religion and we see this written in surah 9 verse 122 it reads when the believers mobilize not all them shall do so a few from each group shall mobilize by devoting their time to studying the religion thus they can pass the knowledge on to their people when they return that they may remain religiously informed So God is saying that it's important that even at the time of war, for certain individuals to study the religion so they can pass that information on to others who had to go and mobilize for war. But many people make the mistake of thinking that someone who has lots of religious knowledge is more righteous because of their understandings. And this is, 9 uh, is a perfect example that that's not the case. The people who went and strived with their lives, put them uh, themselves in risk uh, in the cause of God, uh, if anything, probably received more credit than those who were just studying the religion. But this is a misconception that most of us have, that we assume that the more knowledge someone has regarding the religion, the more righteous they should be, as if these two are uh, directly correlated. But the one thing that knowledge gives a person is not righteousness. All it does is it makes that person more responsible. For instance, the responsibility on someone who understands the Quran inside out, has committed it to memory, is more than the uh, responsibility on someone who doesn't have the Quran. And let's say that individual is illiterate. So all that knowledge does is it increases the responsibility of that individual just like any other provision. If God makes someone rich, they're more responsible for how they use their uh, their money and their resources than someone who's poor. And all that knowledge is gonna gain that individual is in addition to the understanding, is that responsibility. So knowledge is like any other provision, such that if someone has lots of provisions and uses it wisely in the cause of God, then it's to their credit. But if they use it unwisely to repel from the path of God, then it's to their own detriment. In Surah 42 verse 27, we read what happens to individuals if they get more provisions, be it knowledge or wealth, than they they can handle. It reads in 42.27, if God increased the provision for his servants, they would transgress on earth. This is why he sends it precisely measured To whomever he wills, he is fully cognizant and seer of his servants. The challenge with gaining religious knowledge is that it inherently feels righteous. You know, to have a deeper understanding of the Quran, to understand these principles, these gems that God has embedded inside the Quran, it makes a person appreciative, it makes them feel more righteous. But most people think because God bestowed this knowledge upon them, that it naturally must mean that they are on the right path. So all in all, when we gain religious knowledge, we feel good. It makes us potentially feel closer to God. But the irony is that rarely when someone gains religious knowledge, do they realize when it's causing them to be self-righteous or arrogant. So how do we tell if the knowledge we gained is pushing us in the right or wrong direction? The Quran provides us a simple rule of thumb that we can utilize to make this determination through the example of the children of Israel and the recipients of the previous scriptures. In Surah 45, verse 16 through 18, we read the following example. It says, We have given the children of Israel the scripture, wisdom, and prophethood, and provided them with good provisions. We bestowed upon them more blessings than any other people. We have given them herein clear commandments. And here's the the, the crux of the argument. So, so far, so good. God has blessed them, has given them the uh, scripture, wisdom, prophethood, provided them with good provisions, all this. And it reads, it continues on. Ironically, they did not dispute this until the knowledge had come to them due to jealousy on their part. So it wasn't until the knowledge came to them that they started disputing and arguing and dividing. And it continues, Surely your Lord will judge them on the day of resurrections regarding everything they have disputed. We have appointed you to establish the correct laws. You shall follow this and do not follow the wishes of those who do not know. The question we need to ask ourselves is when we receive religious knowledge, does it cause us to dispute and divide or to refine our understanding and draw closer to God? Why has there been unity for the most part among the children of Israel for all the multitude of Jewish prophets that God has sent them? But when God sends his final scripture in Arabic to another group, then they reject it. Do you think they would have behaved in the same manner if the Quran was in Hebrew and it was given to someone who is of the children of Israel This does not mean that the Jews did not dispute and uh, bicker about understanding, but despite this, for the most part, they all identify as Jewish. Typically, when a new movement forms, the first generation is aligned against a common enemy with a very simple common goal. But as they gain prominence in society, the core values that created unity among the group slowly gets deprioritized And individuals in the group begin to bicker and divide over the most minute of details and understandings. Sigmund Freud coined a term known as the narcissism of small differences. And this has to do with an observation that if you have two groups of people that are almost identical, let's say they're uh, almost identical in proximity to where they live or in belief structure, that they will have more division and infighting and more hostility towards one another than someone who's completely separate from that group. Ask yourself how many people, when it comes to their, their, their most repulsed hatred, typically is towards individuals who are almost identical to them in belief or understanding, but on some small detail, they have a difference of understanding. And because of that, they're labeled the worst of the worst. So it's interesting. That, you know, two groups of people could be completely unified at the onset of a movement. That they focus on these big common goals and commonalities among them. But as they grow in that philosophy of understanding of whatever it is that they're trying to achieve, and they start getting into the minutia, into the details, that it's that is what is causing them to have division and disunity. That ironically, the more information they got, the deeper they thought about these concepts, the bigger the chasm they saw between them and other individuals who didn't share the same belief as them. Now, God cites the children of Israel for us to learn from. But this example also applies to us as followers of the Quran. In Surah 2, verse 213, it reads, The people used to be one community. When God sent the prophets as bearers of good news as well as warners, he sent down with them the scripture, bearing the truth to judge among the people in their disputes. Ironically, those who were given the scripture disputed only after the clear proofs were given to them. This is due to jealousy on their part. God guides those who believe to the truth that is disputed by all others in accordance with his will. God guides whoever wills in a straight path. Now, when we read in the Quran, when it says the people of the scripture, the people who received the scripture, typically our natural thought is to think the Jews and the Christians. But the reality is we are now part of that group. We were born into this religion with the Quran accessible to us. We are no longer can claim that we did not receive a scripture. God has sent us a scripture. So the question is that once we gain understanding about this scripture, does it cause us to become more divided after the knowledge has come to us than it was before we received that knowledge. In Surah 3, verse 19, we read, The only religion approved by God is submission, Islam. Ironically, those who have received the scripture are the ones who dispute this fact despite the knowledge they have received due to jealousy. For such rejectors of God's revelations, God is most strict in reckoning. God has embedded this information inside the Quran for us to unlock over time. And as we start learning more and more about the Quran and refining our religion, is this causing us to, again, become more divided and disputed or to draw closer to God, to find other commonalities? Because the reality is when we read the Quran, we should be expanding our understanding of who's part of our religion, And this is clarified in the following verse. In Surah 42, verse 13 through 17, it reads, He decreed for you the same religion decreed for Noah and what we inspired to you and what was decreed for Abraham, Moses, and Jesus. You shall uphold this one religion and do not divide it. The idol worshipers will greatly resent what you invite them to do. God redeems to himself whomever he wills. He guides to himself only those who totally submit. Ironically, they broke up into sex only after the knowledge had come to them due to jealousy and resentment among themselves. If it were not for a predetermined decision from your Lord to respite them for a definite interim, they would have been judged immediately. Indeed, the later generations who inherited the scripture are full of doubts. This is what you shall preach and steadfastly maintain what you are commanded to do and do not follow their wishes and proclaim. I believe in all the scriptures sent down by God. I was commanded to judge among you equitably. God is our Lord and your Lord. We have our deeds and you have your deeds. There is no argument between us and you. God will gather us all together. To him is the ultimate destiny. Those who argue, about god after receiving his message their argument is nullified at their lord they have incurred condemnation and have deserved a severe retribution god is the one who sent down the scripture to deliver the truth and the law for all that you know the hour the day of judgment may be very close god is sending us this quran to unify religions to realize that people who self-identify as Jews or Christians, that if they share this commonality of the worship of God alone, we have to treat them as submitters. God tells us in the Quran, the criteria for belief in Surah 2, verse 62, it says, O you who believe, O you who are Jewish, Christians, the converts, anyone who, one, believes in God, two, believes in the hereafter, and three, leads a righteous life, will have no fear and no grief. This is the criteria by which we judge if someone is a believer. God tells us repeatedly in the Quran that we should not dismiss people simply because of some petty difference, that if they're doing wrong, it's on their own souls. In 652, it says, And do not dismiss those who implored their Lord day and night, devoting themselves to him alone. You are not responsible for their reckoning, nor are they responsible for your reckoning. If you dismiss them, you will be a transgressor. We thus test the people by each other to let them say mockingly, Are these the people among us who are blessed by God? Is God not aware of the appreciative ones? God is repeatedly telling us if we falsely dismiss people and simply say, Oh, they're not believers because they don't follow the same book as we do, or they don't practice in the same manner as we do, that we would be considered a transgressor in the eyes of God. And that God is intentionally testing us to see how we behave towards other individuals. God tells us in Surah 5, verse 48, it reads, For each of you, this is the Jews, the Christians, the Muslims, we have decreed laws and different rights. Had God willed, He could have made you one congregation. But He thus puts you to the test through the revelations He has given each of you. You shall compete in righteousness to God is your final destiny, all of you. Then He will inform you of what you have disputed. God is telling us in very clear language that we should not dismiss individuals. If they have a different practice, a different uh, book that they follow, it's fine. As long as they're worshiping God alone, they believe in the hereafter, they're leading a righteous life, they're our brethren in faith. So when we obtain knowledge from God, religious knowledge, the question we have to constantly ask ourselves, is this causing us to become more fractured, more divided, creating sects? Or is it causing us to unify and identify other individuals as believers, to expand what we constitute as someone who's following the religion of Islam, the religion of submission? In Surah 3, verse 103 through 105, it reads, You shall hold fast the rope of God, all of you, and do not be divided. Recall God's blessings upon you. You used to be enemies, and He reconciled your hearts. By His grace you became brethren. You were at the brink of a pit of fire, and He saved you therefrom. God thus explains His revelations for you, that you may be guided. Let there be a community of you who invite to what is good, advocate righteousness, and forbid evil. These are the winners. Do not be like those who became divided and disputed, despite the clear proofs that were given to them. For these have incurred a terrible retribution. God is constantly telling us in the Quran that we have to be united, that we have to give people the benefit of the doubt, to treat them as believers, that if we strike, we have to be absolutely sure. And the striking is merely calling someone an idol worshiper, a disbeliever. In Surah 4, verse 94, it reads, O you who believe, if you strike in the cause of God, you shall be absolutely sure. Do not say to one who offers you peace, you are not a believer, seeking the spoils of this world. For God possesses infinite spoils. Remember that you used to be like them and God blessed you. Therefore, you shall be absolutely sure before you strike. God is fully cognizant of everything you do. We cannot simply just label people as disbelievers, idol worshippers, just to give ourselves a clear consciousness when we dismiss them and divide against them. Now this does not mean that we unite ourselves with everyone. But when it comes to righteousness, when it comes to the cause of God, in those efforts, we absolutely unite with anyone who is supporting those causes. So let's say there is an individual that on 99% of things you disagree on, that they do all kinds of actions that you're not in favor for. But can you find that 1% that you could support them on? Can you find that 1% that is in the cause of God in the cause of righteousness? And it's interesting when you look for those commonalities and saying, look, I will support anyone in the cause of God, irrespective if I don't agree with them 100%, that you realize that it's your egos that you're putting aside when we do this, that it's only our egos that are keeping us from having unity, from not being divided, that we are so quick to write other individuals off because they don't share 100% of our ideology. But this is not what God is advocating. God is telling us that each person is responsible for their own neck. That if someone is striving in the cause of God, irrespective of their faith, that we help and support and unify with that person in that one particular cause. Now, obviously, if someone is striving in the cause of disbelief, idol worship, uh, vice, we, we do not support such individuals in such a stance. But that does not mean that everything that that individual does is for that cause. In Surah 30, verse 30 through 32, it reads, Therefore you shall devote yourself to the religion of strict monotheism. Such is the natural instinct placed into the people by God. Such creation of God will never change. This is the perfect religion, but most people do not know. You shall submit to him, reverence him, and observe the contact person salat. And whatever you do, do not fall into idol worship. Like those who divide their religion into sects, each party rejoicing with what they have. If we want to genuinely avoid idol worship, we cannot do so by committing idol worship and falling into secretarianism. We have to look at individuals for those common grounds that we find that is in the cause of God, that is in righteous works. And if we're constantly bickering and fighting and each time we gain knowledge is just more of a reason to excommunicate people from our religion than we're falling into the one thing that we vowed to stay away from, which is idol worship. God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, please hit us up at QuranTalk at gmail.com. If you want to follow along the verses of the Quran, please download the Quran Study app on the iOS App Store. If you don't have an iOS device, you can go to the Quran Study app dot com website. And if you like the podcast, please leave us a review. Let other people know about it. Until next time, peace and God bless.